This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor Bet Builder. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Back for Arfield. One up early. Scott Arfield. He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Oh, what a goal. What a goal from Robbie Blake. Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery into the path of McCann and the follow-up plays the net. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Clariton Blue. Oh, goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Kelly! Oh, 
Chelsea's justice at the Amex Stadium. Burnley are level and deserve to be. Hello everyone and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast, full-time show with me, Joe Revan, and a couple of guests that I will bring in in just a few minutes. Uh, they are here, they are ready, um, so we are ready to go. Uh, just thought I'd give my thoughts though before I bring them in and play a, a clip of the atmosphere yesterday, because I was very, very impressed with the atmosphere in the cricket field end yesterday. Um, he says sitting from the Jimmy Mike, but it, it was good to watch everybody in the cricket field end, um, especially at the end, and that's the video I'm going to bring in. Absolutely fantastic atmosphere, but um, get your comments coming in. It's good to see the regulars in here. We've got Scythe Gaming. How you doing, mate? Hope you're all well. I'll, I'm sure I'll see you on Be Real later. Um, Burnley Till I Die. Morning, Joe. Morning, mate. Um, hope you are well. And Research. Always good to see Research. He says, one, two, three, four. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm sure you know the rest. All the comments are coming in. Um, uh, Burnley's one, ten in a row. Tony Miller. Morning, Joe from Prescott Street. Here's a fun fact for you all. I grew up on Prescott Street. That's the street where I grew up. That's why I love Burnley so much. You could literally see the turf from my mum's bedroom window. Um, but speaking of that song that we can see Resurge chanting in the comments, should we have a listen? <laughs> I absolutely love that. That is the best new chant we've had for ages. And I put a poll up on Twitter yesterday saying which chant hits the hardest. In my opinion, which chant is the best? And I, I, I think it's that one. I do think it is that one. Uh, but morning to the lads at Aria. Tom, how you doing, mate? You all right? I'm all good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, and just to uh, clarify the accent, I think you live down in Norfolk, don't you? Is it? Yeah, I'm literally um, about 10 minutes drive from Norwich. So last weekend was a particularly sweet one for me. Yeah, can imagine, can imagine. You, uh, I presume you've got a lot of Norwich fans of friends and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, pretty, 90%. And the others, are, there's a few big six fans and a couple, couple of mates sure. that are Ripley fans. So sure. another sweet one again. It's been a good few weeks, really. <laughs> yeah, can imagine, can imagine. And of course, Dan, you'll have said it before. And if you're a regular on the old YouTube, you'll I'm sure you subscribe to Dan's channel already. I do, mate. You all right? Uh, yeah, yeah, not too bad. I think I'm sounding like my uh, balls have dropped overnight, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, rough, Dan, rough one, Dan, rough one. I definitely celebrated it. Me, yeah, Dan did say to me, he said, I feel and look shit. And I said, well, why break the habit of a lifetime, Dan? Come on, anyway. <laughs> exactly. um, but but uh, good, to, good to see you come on. Was you celebrating the win or celebrating something oh, else? Definitely. Or just a mixture of both? A uh, mixture of both. Went out for a meal afterwards. That's building to drinks. And then stumbling home at three o'clock with an overpriced taxi. But 
it happens. It happens. Yeah, I, um, I got, I, I got, I got a Twitter message off your dinner. At, uh, oh, that's never good. I got a Twitter message off your dinner at four a.m. in the morning. I'm like, come on, mate. I'll, I'll just send me a link. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Um, but yeah, uh, Dan, seeing as I'm chatting to you, um, what do you think of the game? Then, obviously, very, very comfortable, weren't we? Uh, keep your comments coming in. I will read them all out in a second, guys. Um, but in terms of the match, Dan, pretty comfortable. Um, an easy win. My only issue was, and I said this on the sixty-second review. I'd love to addict him by about five or six. Yeah. And I'm just a bit gutted that we sat back a little bit. I understand why we've got Watford on Tuesday. It's a bigger game in, 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 in terms of the league. So I understand why. But um, yeah, that's my only gripe. I wish we'd have, I wish we'd have put six six past them. Because it still pisses me off that they beat us 5-3 that time at Deepdale when Ricardo Fuller scored a hat-trick. I'm probably um, showing my age again a little bit here because you two are staring <laughs> blankly at me. But um, it's always good to hopefully, hopefully uh, stick a t- stick some more on them. But um, yeah, we, we, we quietened down at three, you know, didn't we? But um, it were it were a piece of piss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at first first couple of minutes, I thought this is going to go the same way as it did at Deepdale. They're going to just enjoy and enjoy. Well, let's say enjoy, soak up the pressure, and then try and you know um, basically, basically come at us from that point, like they did when it mm-hmm. when it were one one. Um, you could see they were not like a lot of teams have come to the turf and they do that. But eventually the players have to come out and attack us, and they didn't until they'd already gone one nil down. I thought at half time, they didn't even really look threatening. I mean, it says something when your keeper could have. If it weren't for Teller getting an hat trick, Murich would definitely up there for man of the match. He, he was a, he was a centre back most of the game in a back three. Yeah, he, he didn't have you a know? save to make, did he? I, th- I think no. he had a couple of tame shots on target, but he didn't have a a, a, a bad effort, uh, uh, sorry, a, a big save to make. And he's still, like you said, up there for man of the match. But obviously, Teller gets a hat-trick. And, and of course, Ekdal was fantastic as well. Oh, yeah. But, um, he reminds yeah. me of Tony Adams, does Ekdal? He's gangly. Yeah, every, everybody seems to be saying that. Like, I've never, I've not seen it until people have mentioned it, but a lot of people have been saying that he's like Tony Adams 2.0. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it, especially if he's in Claret and Blue. Not a bad... Not a bad one to have, but um, yeah, yeah, basic game. They they just didn't show up, and to the point where it got to about sixty-seven minutes in, and we we're just taking the piss. We're passing it around. We didn't even look interested in getting another one. We thought we've already caused you enough misery. Let's not let's not you know stick the knife in. But I'd have loved that, you know, like the chance for Teller to grab his fourth. But instead, I can understand why he unselfishly, you know, tried to play Foster in. Yeah, uh, but. You know, it was uh it was a good good game, good game. Uh I was glad to see the subs because of that were another thing. I looked at I looked at the screen, eighty one minutes in, all five subs on the pitch, and all I was thinking is yeah. Dash would still be thinking, right, who do I bring on? For yeah. me first sub. I, th- I, th- I think a lot of that we're thinking obviously eyes on Tuesday night and obviously we'll Yeah. I'll be doing shows about Tuesday night and stuff soon. But, um, yeah, it's good to see company met the subs. And I, I, th- I think as soon as we went 3-0 up, the guy next to me, uh, he did say, right, get Teller off, get Zorori off now, we've won this. And I, I remember saying to him at the time, yeah, you understand that, but I won't mind fucking sticking five past him. Um, Tom, your thoughts on the match then, obviously. Um, Preston didn't really offer much, did they? As Dan said, um, it looked like they were just going to set up and try and sit back. Um, but as soon as we went on the loop, it would... There was no way we were gonna we were gonna end up losing that match. And uh, Burnham Undial's in the chat. Evening, mate. He does say the image of the Preston bench around the 63rd minute was hilarious. The whole lot slumped in their seat, looking absolutely clueless. Vinny tactically bullied them off the park, and even their captain Alan Brown came out and said, "Yeah, they were just better than us tactically." But um, yeah, Preston did it off. How much did they, Tom? Nah, I mean, 
like you like you both said, their their game plan was come in, try and make it tricky for us, like it was the reverse fixture. But as soon as we got that early goal, that was just their game plan was just out of the window. Do you know what I mean? They didn't they didn't really look like they had a plan B after that. Um, as soon as the early goal went in, we just looked so comfortable at one nil, one nil at half time. You're normally a little bit nervous, but you know, way this team's been playing recently, you just know that they're going to kick on and, and 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 stick another couple of goals in. But they were, they were second best by a mile all day. You know, they offered nothing. I don't remember Murich making a shot, a save at all, really. Um, and like you say, he was he was amazing yesterday. Just his range of passing. I think I had a stat on the highlights this morning when I watched them on the ITV that he, he completed more passes than both of their centre mid yesterday. Yeah, I believe so. I did um, see that on Twitter yesterday. I did see that on Twitter yesterday. You know, that says it already, doesn't it? He was, you know, he, he just breaks the press every time. They think they've got you penned in and then he'll just, you know, find Roberts on the outside of his boot. He just, he, he yeah. takes a bit of it. But from, from I where... had an argument with someone about Murich yesterday. Was there was he over the age of 50 by any chance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, oh, yeah, I'm fed up of it. He scares the shit out of me. Every time he's got the ball at his feet, he's always last minute trying to make the pass. And I said, yeah, but that's the whole, that's the game. Because he's, you know, like you said there, his, his range of passing is just phenomenal. You know, he can pick out a man left, right and centre. But this bloke's proper like, why, why? Why is he always like this? I've just said, what he's doing is, he's inviting the pressure to come forward which gives us a little bit more room to get, for us to get, you know, a quick attack going when they come out of position. Oh, no, no, I'm not having it. I said, all right, so you enjoyed, you know, having Bailey in. I said, nothing against Bailey, but you enjoyed it the last two games that he's played, yeah? Uh, 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 uh. I thought, is he having a stroke or is he stuttering? What's well, cracking? <laughs> um, but no, he, he, he didn't say what after that. He sort of sat back in his chair and I just thought, well, there you go. The argument settled. Yeah, I think if you don't, if, I can understand why people might get or got a little bit, um, what's the word, panicky about him coming for crosses because he wasn't great with that early in the season. I think we got found out. That's part of the reason why we got found out so good, um, sorry, so easily against Sheffield United. Uh, but we have improved since then and he has improved at coming for crosses. But if you don't see what he brings to the side, like with that range of passing and with the being able to invite the pressure so we can break the lines. Like I watched a, um, a match day vlog. Like I watched a few last night, Jacob Horsfalls. Um, a, a young lad called Blake, if you haven't watched it, check it out. Um, always good to try and support, like I said, all, all the other Burnley creators. But I, I watched. I like to watch the opposition ones and I watched the Preston one. And obviously the third goal, I think it was, or the second goal, one of the goals was like a big lump upfield, um, as they called it, as a Preston fan called it. Oh, it's too easy. It's just a big lump upfield. But that lump upfield came from Bulls playing around with it at the back, then in the, letting them come higher and higher up the pitch. Then Murich just aiming it all the way towards Barnes, 30, 40 yards up the, up the pitch. He flicks it onto Teller. Happy days, game, set, match. But Tom, I, know, I presume you'll be a big fan of Murich and, and, and the way that he plays like like the majority of us are. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I was at the start of the season, it, I didn't enjoy it because it was just so different. And, you know, particularly I just remember the first goal we gave away at Blackpool. We were tuning up. The game was pretty much dead, and that was just that. Was, I don't know whether that was him or Cullen. Really, I think it was sort of fifty-fifty. But um, you know, so many players in this team have developed so much this season. The players they are now versus the players they were 
back in August, September is, is mental. And Murich is one that is, he's come on leaps and bounds. He knows when to piss around a bit and when not to. Yeah. You know, sometimes it just needs to go, doesn't it? Um, yeah. He's he sort of learned that now, but and, and he knows when he can when he can play that long ball over the top to Teller or Zorori. But, you know, he's passing. The long one, the long range ones, they're almost better than the short ones because it's always on, on the end of the winger's toe. Do you know what I mean? He yeah. just... He's he's superb. What what uh, when, when he exactly when when he plays that ball to Teller and then Teller brings it down instantly. There were a couple of them yesterday, especially I remember one in the first half, and everyone around just went oh like they were just like a pornographic noise. They were that impressed <laughs> by it. I I just shake my head because not that I'm annoyed by it. I just was like that is just so good. Like the ball is perfect, and you just know Teller's going to bring it down. Teller has got the best touch I've ever seen by a Burnley player. Mm. He has got such a good touch, and he brings it down every single time. And as Paul Holt says there, Milch is brilliant. He's only going to get better. It's like playing with twelve men. And it's it is it's like playing with eleven outfield men because we essentially are we have the sweeper and I saw a stat from Dave Roberts on Twitter yesterday his average position for the match was actually outside the box and I don't know how many times I've seen that in a Burnley shirt um, for Burnley goalkeeper we definitely want to see it on the dash and um, I'm not for one second saying he's a better goalkeeper than Nick Pope because we all love Nick Pope but we would not be able to play this way with Nick Pope in that side it it just wouldn't no. work we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Um, so I think we need to get used to it, those who aren't used to it. But it's good It's good to see a lot of people in the chat saying, I, like Sir Tony Miller here, I put it up early, but I'll read it out. He says, yes, I'm 67 next week and it frightened the shit out of me at first, but I've got used to it now, especially after yesterday. I, I think we're all in that boat, to be fair. At first, we're like, oh, hold on. And then a few Forest fans were like, yeah, he's, he's crapping. And then when he came in, we were a bit like, oh, what's this? It's different. It's different. But I think the majority are, are, are used to it now. Um, we're used to it now. Uh, I do want. To, I know we mentioned Ekdal earlier, Dan, um, but I do want to talk about him again. Um, I think he deserves like a good five five minute chat. He has come in, and I have been so impressed with him. He he's just slotted in perfectly. Like most people, and they sometimes take a while to bed into a new side, especially side that's doing so well. New country, new manager, new system, new style. And it's just slotted in absolutely perfectly. And I'm at the position now where we're going to have to have a debate later on in the season when Taylor Hewitt-Bellis is back fit. Like, and and uh, the other lad as well, uh, Akdal, uh, sorry, uh, I mean, what's his name? We sound that many players, I can't remember who they are. Um, but um, yeah, there's him as well. Like, Where does he fit in now? And then, of course, you've got um, the lad on loan at Coventry as well. So Ekdal's just come in and, and he has been so impressive for me. And I, I just think he's fantastic. And I, I don't know where company is signing these centre-halves from, but there must be like a, a factory that just pumps out the perfect centre-half of Vincent Company because he has come in and he has done absolutely brilliantly. He has. He has. He looks about 45. He looks like a seasoned veteran. He um, but he's what, 19, 20? And you're like, what? You know, this guy could still even get better. And you're just thinking, this is, this is something else. Uh, he's an absolute world-class defender. And again, goes back to what you said there about you know Taylor Howard Bellis. Does he? You know, is that was this a signing as if to say, look, the way Bellis were playing at the beginning, City are going to want to ask an astronomical fee in the summer. You know, I thought if we were to get him, we'd get him on a similar structured deal to Murich. You know, with like a cheap buyback clause or something like that. Yeah, you know, to try and get around it. But I don't know. I don't know what happens. You know, you've already got basically a ready-made. I won't say replacement, but yeah, I know what you mean though. But he's ready-made and ready to... He fits the bill, fits the mould. And I just like everything he does. I felt so much comfortable having him in that team yesterday. You know, because every time they did... when Whenever they did come forward, literally he was there to cut it out. Hmm. He, 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 he was just brilliant 
from start to finish. And even even himself went on a couple of mazy runs over the halfway line, you know, and, and sort of emulated what Bayer does on the regular by trying to go on a young main sun run. But um <laughs> so yeah, I, I really enjoyed his performance yesterday. And I think he's like I said, it's only the beginning. So yeah. And this is what company said when he came in. You know, it's not going to change overnight. If this isn't the finished article, <laughs> how can you not be excited as a Burnley fan? I know, I know. It's it's insane, isn't it? The people that we're signing now, imagine what we can do when we have Premier League money and the pull of a Premier League team. But um, as It's Not Cheating there um, says, Bayer was also class carrying the ball from McField. Ekdal started doing it a couple of times too. So comfortable on the ball. Yeah, take nothing away from Bayer. We, the thing is, we know Bayer's fantastic. But it's yeah. just to come in and see Ekdal do so well. Um, Tom, I know, I know um, it's not cheating to said there, like Bayer was also a class carrying the ball through midfield. Ekdal did start doing that. The only difference was that Bayer's passing was a little bit better at the end of them runs. But again, the fact that Ekdal is able to make these runs already after just being in the side, what, two games? It just shows how, how well he's settled in, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, they're both, both of them are top quality defenders. I mean, Bayer, he's 22 years old. He's played with like five different, four or five different centre-back partners now. And he just, yeah. you know, he just he's just like a duck to water. He just cracks. He's such a good defender. You know, actually, he, he's almost like he's more like Tarky in my head out of the from 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 last season. He's just really gritty defender, but the way he carries the ball and his passing is amazing. But Ekdal as well, I, like you said, I don't know where we're finding these centre backs from. I've never heard of him before. But oh. before the Norwich game last week, when when we saw his start, and my dad said to me, my dad said, look. Out of any position, I trust company <laughs> to know what he wants in the centre half. And you know, I mean, I saw him at Ipswich, and he was, you know, he looks a pretty good player as well. But yeah, he made a great challenge at Ipswich. I remember. Yeah, the re- the recruitment has been amazing, all, all from summer, from January. But one thing that's really impressed me is McNally came in, and I think company. It takes a lot of a manager to say someone who I signed for you know decent money in the summer. He needs to go out on loan because he's not quite ready for me yet and I need someone else. You know, he, he could have just stuck with McNally and sort of thought, you know, I was right bringing him in, but yeah. he's just, he, he just knows the recruitment <laughs> at the club. They're they're just so, you know, they're just going to sign quality players now. Out of, out of the ones in the summer and January, the only one that probably hasn't flew is sort of Bastian and Cherlinov, but everyone else looks, and Dervish Ogley, you could say, but everyone else is... You know, from from un, relative unknowns to just brilliant players, and I think we've realised that we're just going to get much better value overseas. You know, Ekdal, yeah. few million quid, and <clears throat> three million each. Harwood, Bellis, and Teller, and probably Matson. To be fair, you're paying that English tax. Yeah, yeah. Big it's um, as we said earlier, though. Um, it it gives us a difficult sort of like um, headache now later in the year. And as I think it was Harry said, the comments gone now because they're coming thick and fast, which is great, by the way. Keep your comments in uh, coming in. Uh, it's good to see Samantha Taylor in the chat as well. She says, just got my season ticket yesterday and I live in London. That's the poll that we're having all the way up from London. Um, but yeah, we've got a bad headache coming up now. So have I. I know you have. You have <laughs> um, what do we do when Taylor Harewood Bellis is back? Now, don't get me wrong. I love Taylor and I do think he is the best centre-back that we have. However he's probably going back to Man City. Unless, like you say, we can get him on another loan because if we're in the Premier League, that's that's more development. 
or uh, we get him on a buyback clause, which I think would be, better, be the better option because then we can play him all season and not have to miss the, the two Man City games. Um, what do we do, Dan? Do we stick with Bayer and Ekdal? Or when Taylor Howard Bellis is back, do we go Bayer and Taylor Howard Bellis because that worked for so long? Or maybe even Ekdal and Taylor Howard Bellis and drop Bayer? But then Bayer's done nothing wrong, so that'd be incredibly harsh. But these are the problems that we're having because everybody's just so good. We've never had this selection headache. Never. You know, how, how weak as piss has our bench been? Dale Stevens, yeah. Kevin Long. I mean, it, Kevin Long was the, the bench. Keepers. People sat on him. Yeah. Yeah, two or three keepers on the bench. And you're just thinking, you know, where if it, if it goes wrong, then where's what, what what's plan B? There is none. Mm. It's, just, it's just do plan A, but even better. <laughs> and, if, and how do you do that when it's not going right? I just, I love the fact that we've got that abundance of talent now. And again, for me in the summer, would I be asked about that many signings coming in? Probably not. I would rather be happy with the fact of shoring up these loans, turn, turning these loans into permanence, especially for what? I'd say a minimum of three of them. And you're probably saying, trying for Teller with Southampton, obviously sacking their manager again. Uh, but then obviously they'll be look like they're set to come down. So do we get Teller on a cut price or are they just going to be like, nah, he's been on fire? Same with Matson. Uh, but you can't drop. You can't drop Bayer. I totally agree. You can't drop Ekdal at the moment. It works. It's it's resolute. It's solid. And you've got to feel for Taylor because he was in such good form ahead of his injury. But yeah. then again, he's going to have that long rehabilitation period when he does come back. Is he going to still be the same player? You know, look at look at uh, Robbie Brady yesterday. It goes to show how far we've come when Nathan Teller's making basically trying to sh- shatter his ankles a bit by taking the piss out of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good, isn't it, to see how far we've come? I was saying that to my dad yesterday at one point. I was like, that, "That's the winger that we used to have, and these are the forwards that we have now." Look at the difference. Um, yeah. But Tom as well, like, like we're just saying there with Dan. Big big headache to have, easy for me to say, uh, when Taylor Howard Bellis does come back. What would you do? I think I'm with Dan. I personally would just just keep it as Ekdal and Bayer. But as much as that, as harsh as that is on Taylor, because I do think he's the better of the three, I just think these two are just doing so well at the minute. And I think there's more chance of us buying Bayer. So Ekdal and Bayer could be our centre-back partnership next season in the Premier League. So it'd be good to get more game time for them, more experience for them, whereas I think Taylor's probably going to go back to City because I, I think he's a future England captain or definitely a future England player. Um, but what would you do when Taylor's back, Tom? I think I'd keep it as is at the moment. Mm. Um, those Bayer and Ekdal are starting to form a really nice partnership. Um, I think you'd be daft to... I mean, it sounds like Hayward Bellis is going to be out for a little while still anyway, but... Um, It'd be daft to, if they're if they're still playing well. Why change it? You know, um, you've got Harwood Bellis and now to kill now the quality centre halves to step in if needed. If anyone else picks up or not, we're playing Saturday, Tuesday most weeks, so it's bound mm. to happen. It's good to have the rotation option there, but we're, we're, it's not just defence. We've got headaches all over the pitch. Yeah, as uh, Scott Hardacre says there, Benson back soon. Don't forget him, yeah. and he's been class all season. But where does he fit in right now? It's just, it's just, it's. Brilliant to have, because as Dan was saying earlier on, we had Peter Crouch and Dale Stevens on the bench. As you mentioned, we had three or four young goalkeepers on the bench at some point. These are good headaches to have. But obviously, we've talked about uh, the loans. Dan, you mentioned the loans, if you could show some of the loans. If you could only sign three of the loanees, which three are you signing? 
Bayer, Matson and Teller. You know what? That's exactly the same as me. Even though I think Taylor Hayward Bellis is the best centre back, I just I've just resigned to losing him. So I'm just like, right, we'll we'll lose him. He can go back to City. Thank you. Papa, you know, really good player for us, done very well. He will win a lot in his career. He reminds me of when Gary Cahill came to Turf Moor, again, short yeah. my age. Um, but um I am resigned to losing him. So I would hundred percent get Martson, Teller and Bayer. Tom, what about you? I'm gonna say it goes back to what Tom says, you know, with the English tax we with THB. Yeah, true. You know, uh, as well, where Bayer, if there is this reported six million, like somebody said, an absolute steal, but you would happily spend fifteen million on a defender like that. Yeah, yeah. And then you you said the foreign market's cheaper as well, didn't you, Tom? Yeah, I mean, we, we've got real value from from Europe, so you know, there's clearly much better value out there. But you, Harwood Bellis is a tough one. It all depends how much that you want for him because. He's in the same boat as Matson, where realistically, both of your parent clubs are well. Might not be the case of City for a little while now, but they're both spending loads and loads of money. Um, you know, Matson, he's got to be third, fourth in line, and there's no way that Todd Bowley wants Matson. He'd rather go out and spend ninety million quid on someone else. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I think Matson's probably the most realistic out of them. Um, Teller, Southampton are probably priced us out of that if they come down because. You know, if you've seen someone, one of your players tearing it up in the championship like he has, why would you then not keep him for your season in the championship? Um, but I think Harwood Bellis, I think just his age is going to just be too much money. Whereas I don't think yeah. Matson's got a massive amount of time left on his contract at Chelsea, like 18 months or something. Mm. Um, yeah, I th- I th- Chelsea are like a, a like a player farm, aren't they? They just they just yeah. like to build these players up and sell them on anyway, whereas City are more likely to keep them. I think it probably, there'll probably be a stat out there that proves me wrong. But that's why I'm more confident <laughs> for, for, for keeping Matson than I am with um, Harewood Bellis. Um, I do want to talk about Ashley Barnes as well, because earlier in the season, before that Blackburn game, in fact, I remember the week leading up to the Blackburn game, I was told that Jay would be injured. I'm like, Oh, that means we're playing with Ashley Barnes up front. He's been shot all season. And obviously, in that Blackburn game, he was fantastic. We all know how good he was. And, and since then, I don't know if he's been, you know, I'm going to say taking performance enhancing drugs then, but I don't want to criminalise him and, <laughs> and, and, and commit slander by any chance. Um, sorry, by any stretch of the imagination. But he's clearly been eating his wheat a bit, hasn't he, Dan? He's been doing something, and now he just fits into this system perfectly. I think at first he struggled to fit into the system. I don't know if he's worked on it. On, on fitting into the system or he's read a book on tactics or him and Vinny have sat down and just gone, this is what I want you to do and just drilled it into him. But he has been sensational since that Blackman game, hasn't it? And he is now my preferred starter. I would rather see Barnes start at the minute than, than any of the strikers that we have. Yeah, and I think Barnes's game has improved even without the goals. I think even if he's just that yeah. hold-up player and getting, you know, like yesterday, yesterday that ball through and he just just to see the, you know, the knock-on to tell her, to play him in. And I was just like, Barnes under Dash wouldn't have done that. You know, him and Wood would have been like two stiff idiots um, and barely even moved. But we've seen flashes of that from Ashley Barnes previous, when, previously under Dash because some of the goals he scored, you know, you realised he did have a bit of it in his locker. But now that company has sort of found the key, opened it up, and we're starting to see this from Ashley Barnes that he can adapt I said, I will hold my hand up. I had my doubts out there about him and I said, this is it. He's, you know, it's not it's not going to work for him now. We, we've we've sort of advanced to a point where a shame it is to say he's not needed, 
but he's just gone, hold on, hold my pant. And literally, I had one of those moments uh, and just proven everybody and shut all the doubters up. He's still got it. It's obviously never left him. And I'm so glad that we kept all of them in the window as well with the two, with the strikers that came in. I thought, yeah. oh, oh, is he out? But again, you stand two strikers in a window and yet the ever-present Ashley Barnes is still starting games. That goes to show what a man, what a legend, what a shit house. Love it. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Like He only officially got one assist yesterday. But the work he did for that third goal as well, I don't know if it's bounced off a Preston player and that's why it doesn't count an assist. Is that whatever. when he was like battling with him? Yeah, like yeah. And I think he's sort of come over. Yeah, yeah I, I, I've not seen the goals back yet. I, I, don't, I don't think he touches it. I don't think he touches it. The work that he does there, without that work, we don't get that goal. Um, obviously, whatever he's been doing as well, I think he's broken or dislocated his finger or something. That's why he's had to go off. But without that, we don't get that goal. And obviously, he laid it off a teller for the second. But Jay, at the minute, we love Jay. I don't want to start slagging Jay off at all. But he was start. He started the season brilliantly, and he were on fire, scoring some real goals. But since the the World Cup, he has been a little bit uh, just seems sluggish and just seems seems tired. I was saying on a few podcasts earlier that he needs a bit of a rest. So it's good to see Ashley come in. And as as the comments are saying, Tom. Excellent pro, and it's really good to see him doing so well, isn't it? Yeah, I've I, I've loved. He's been one of my favourite Burnley players for the last ten years. He just gets it. Um, I had my doubts about him over the start of the year. He just didn't like say didn't fit, didn't come naturally to him. Um, but I think he his passing is is got so much better. Last week at Norwich, he put in a full ninety minute shift, and he was start to finish. He was superb. Some of the diags he was playing were. Outrageous! You would never think Ashley Barnes would be capable of, but yeah, um, he, he he's he's adapted. He's lost a lot of. He's not. He's probably the most unselfish striker in the league. He's never really looking for something for himself. He the last few weeks since Blackburn game, he sort of he's almost like he's always looking for that pass. Right, I've got. I've I've held the ball up. I've got possession. Who can I find? Um, whereas before he would sort of get his head down and, and, and maybe lose it um, when he didn't sort of understand the system fully. But he's he's like a man reborn recently. He's just absolutely smashing it. And he, he's doing his coaching badges, so he's great to have around the place as well, you know? Yeah, and there's been a few comments in the chat about something that I do want to do want to chat about. Um, what do we do? His, his contract's up this summer, isn't it, Ashley Barnes? Um do we give him another year? I mean, it's just, at the start of the season, I was like, fine, this is his last year. Hopefully we we'll go up. He can enjoy promotion with the Clarets. We can say, thank you, farewell. It's been an absolute pleasure, Ash. You're a legend. Thank you for everything. Whereas now he's doing so well. I don't, I don't know. Like Next year is going to be different, obviously, because we're in the Premier League. But I, th- I think having somebody who is experienced and his you know, shithouse abilities. Dan, what would you do? I'm stumped. I'm not sure what to do. I think maybe if he would want to have a year extension just to be here but I'm not sure how much we would actually use him in the Prem but it's like you said we've just brought in two new strikers as well and I presume we'll probably bring even more in in the summer so what do we do with Ashley Barnes do we think do we think we give him another contract or do you think we'll let him go personally I'd give him another contract I mean look at Leicester they're not they they weren't firing or scoring goals and they still got a 30 you know nearly 40-year-old Jamie Vardy sat there. You know, it's to still come on and try and change a game because we know that he's got that flashes of brilliance. Same, we could do that with Barnes. They know that, you know, the centre-backs are tiring because we've been playing our passing game. You bring Barnes on for 10 minutes at the end of the game, it could be the difference between three points and a point in the Premier League. 
And I'm not saying that he's the uh, company has a headache with that one again, because he's going to have to sit down and think, right, where do I need, where do I think I need to strengthen? If I do, who's out? You know that that's that's the main thing. It's it's hard because I know a manager's got to do a job, and we as fans are saying keep him. Do we keep him just for sentimental reasons, or do you have to sort of take the claret tinted glasses off and go? You know, end it on a high, end it on a high, like you said. I I think that's a problem. We're bringing emotion into it, aren't we? We all love Ash. I think if you look at it logically, it might be time for him to go in the summer. But we all love him so much. I think we want. I'd give him another year, though. Me, yeah. I, I, I think, I think last week I was leaning more towards let him go, whereas this week I'm now leaning more towards give him another year because he's just getting better and better every single week. And as we've already said, he doesn't need the goals. It's just the actual shit house abilities and the assists. That have managed to keep him on it, and like I've just said, I would out of all the strikers that we have right now, I want Barnsley to start on Tuesday against Watford. Tom, what would you yeah. do with him? Um, I think sentimental reasons, I'd probably give him another year, but it depends if he, if he, if he finishes the season like he is now, then he, I think it's a really tough decision for company. But mm. I don't think he's a sort of like you say, I think we will bring even more in in the summer, so I think he will be right down the pecking order. Um, so I, I, my 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 heart says give him another year, but my head says I, I can see him going in the summer. I can, I can, you know, him and Jay. To be fair, I can see them both go, moving on in the summer. Yeah, could uh, as research says, could play a coach be an option? Yeah, yeah. if it, but I don't know. It's, it's whether he still wants to play regular game time, and because yeah. as a player coach, he's he's realistically not going to play, is he? Let's be honest. Um, you know, he, he might. It's going to be a real, real cameo roles, and it's whether he thinks he's got another good year in his legs, which it looks like he has at the moment. Um, you know, he could tear it up for someone else in the championship. So, yeah, fair enough. It's, it's uh, anyone could want him in the championship. I think. I think I saw some Preston fans yeah. after full time yesterday saying, "On, I think it was talk BFC." Sort of like saying that they, they won't mind signing him in the summer when we go up. Um, it'd be weird to see him playing for Preston, though. I'm not sure. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm you know what? I won't be surprised one. if he if he went to someone like Plymouth because he started his yeah. career there. Yeah, this yeah. last minute, top of the league. Would not surprise me if he if he made that trip and thought, you know, I'll send him a career. You know, West is gone. I've got no to stay here for. Uh, well, he, could, he, could, he could go to MLS. He might just think, "Fuck it, I'll, I'll sub yeah. myself up for a couple of years in MLS." I'm sure West is loving life out there in uh, in. Well, he might become I'm a professional sure. paddle boarder as he's been putting out on his yeah Insta story. Potentially, potentially. But um, whatever you do, Ash, if you ever watch these, um, good luck with all. But I, I think, I think, I think we're both sort of like inclined to uh, all three of us inclined to sort of like potentially, uh, potentially um, see him stay for another year, uh, probably for sentimental reasons. Um, but uh, Teller as well. Obviously, I'm not going to ignore Teller. He was, he was obviously the man of the match. I mean, we will do a vote later on, uh, and I'll ask everyone for your comments when we do that vote. But it's going to be pointless. Everyone's going to say Teller. <laughs> um, but how good was he yesterday, Tom? I'll start with you this time. He was. I remember, obviously, I was on the match, but I have um, Alex James and um, some of the other local journals on like notifications. And Alex James kept tweeting saying like he's unplayable. He's playing so well. I was like, he's him and Zorori. Like, let's not forget about Zorori. Zorori had Alan Brown on toast all game. And what's he called? I've just had a massive brain fart. Teller were doing the same as well, but he would just he would just sort of like going across the entire front line rather than just out and out wing play. Um, but yeah, he was sensational. He's too good for this league, isn't he, Tom? Nathan Teller. He is right, absolutely he is. fantastic. 
yeah, he's way too good for this league. Um, he, he's just electric. You know, it, the pace, you can't, um, teams can't, comp- can't, they know he's quick. You see how quick he is, but until you actually play against him, because I, I got amazed, an Orange fan, and last week he said, oh, that Giannoulis, their left back, young Greek lad, he said he's rapid, you know, he'll keep up with Teller. I said, mate, I said, honestly, you've never seen anything like it. And it, it's yesterday, he just, like you say, he just cuts inside, runs across the defence, and they're at sixes and sevens. Um, absolutely unplayable. Said he wasn't a goal scorer. He's got five in a week. So yeah. long may it continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, someone's put in the chat earlier, like Southampton have now sat the manager and they're looking like they're going down. They could recall him. I think the rules are you can't recall him when the transfer window isn't open. No. So I don't think they can. Yeah. My only worry is this morning, Southampton have, of course, if you've seen the news, sat, um, Nathan Jones. I was saying to my dad yesterday, said we needed to buy him before they sat Nathan Jones because Nathan Jones is an idiot and he said he isn't good enough for the Premier League. That's fine. If you want to be a moron, you can say all that sort of stuff. We'll just buy him off you. But now they might have a new manager come in and go, I want that man back. Uh, but the problem is, it's looking like they're going down. Let's be honest, we're definitely going up. So it could be a case of the teller just turns around and says, I'd rather stay at Burnley because they're in the Premier League and you're a shower of shit. So uh, fingers crossed we can do that. But well, um, That's his exact wording as well. Yeah, I hope, exactly I, I hope he says it, it in an interview. <laughs> I hope he says it in an interview. But yeah, Dan, obviously I, I watched, I don't know if you've watched the same vlog as me. I watched a Preston vlog yesterday. And obviously when he scores the first, he goes, who else but teller? And then when he scores the second, he's like, he's too good for this league. I don't know why he's here. But he is, isn't he? As I just said to talk, he's yeah. too good for this league. He has been, He's my favourite player. I think Nathan Teller. I know I've, I, it changes every week. It was the yeah, no. weeks ago. Um, but uh, I, I love, I absolutely love him. The fact that he play, he's got such an infectious smile. You can't help but smile when you're watching him smile. I absolutely love him. But he's too good for the championship, isn't it? Yeah, massively, massively. Just everything about him is is creative, freedom, the flaws that he brings to the to the side, uh, rapid. He's just got everything about him. I mean, I spent. What a good 20 25 minutes out last night trying to per, like perfect the Omri thing that he were doing in the in the uh skit we Obafeme. Don't know why I were doing that, it didn't work. <laughs> if anything, I looked more like Harry Redknapp, I was twitching like no tomorrow, it didn't look right. Um, but he's he's as a cockney would say, he's different gravy, you know, he's he's just something else, and he's one of the best wingers forwards in terms of his ability since what the likes of Robbie Blake that we've had he's, he's almost like Robbie, Robbie Blake on LSD the lad's got in everything and he does everything that Robbie Blake could do but 10 times faster yeah, but with pace. Robbie Blake didn't need pace though did he? Because he would just no, he, I didn't. He read the game absolutely brilliantly but yeah um I know, Tom, you need to shoot off in a few minutes. So, and I always think that around 45 minutes is a good is a good uh, time as well. So we'll start wrapping up soon. But let's have some Man of the Match folks. Get your comments in. Obviously, we all know who it's going to be. There'll be someone out there who says something different, just for the sake of being different. It's probably going to be um, Tom or Dan. If I was going to vote on any of them to it, it'd be Dan. Um, so because of that, Dan, I'll go for you. I'm obviously going to vote for Nathan Teller. It, someone scores a hatchet. Don't get me wrong. Ekdal were fantastic. Norwich were fantastic at having to make a save. So Rory was brilliant. Um, like I've just said earlier, he had Alan Brown on absolute toss. Um, but man of the match, it's got to be Teller, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not disagree, disagreeing with you. Now, you, now you're doing that to disagree. It's like, it's like <laughs> an onion. It's all in the laser of disagreement here. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I were going to say Murich because a lot of the play came from 
from him, the fact that he spent most of his time as a you know a third centre back. But you can't shake the fact of it wasn't just the hat trick that he got though, Teller. He was literally it it's was the his way all round play. play and, and yeah. the outlet that he provides as well for Burich's long range. Like I think from Jimmy Mack, everything to us. Yeah, from the like, average Jimmy Mack upper as well um, yesterday, and he. I think they were towards the back end of the game, there was he had the ball in the in the far corner. It might have been first half actually, and he had two men still trying to take the ball off him, mm. and he still managed to turn them inside and out and and stand tall against them. He just made them look like league like league one quality, and he just put, he put he put the game to bed on his own. You know, we I don't even think we needed to make well we'd made the substitutions based on the fact that he was. You know, players get tired. I get that, but I reckon yeah. you don't. You wouldn't have even need to. You wouldn't have even need to. Man of the match, I mean, hands down, cracking player. You could see the difference in Burnley. Well, no, no disrespect to Obafemi and Foster. They're still they're still taking time to bed into it. I get that. Well, I'm sure there'll be chances for them for us to chat about them when they do something and when they start settling in. But you could see the difference in Burnley when we took Teller and Zorori off. They just that urgency wasn't there. That that stretch wasn't there. Um, but again, like I said, I'm not criticising Foster or Obafemi. I think them two will come into it. Obviously, um, Tom. I presume you're gonna say Teller for man of the match, as literally everybody has. Even no one said anybody else. Someone did say Murich will stand out after Teller, which I think we agree with Ekdal maybe. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's got to be Teller. Hat trick, and he was just unplayable, weren't he? Yeah, it's got to be Teller. Um, you can't get a hat trick and not be man on the match, really. But mm. he, there, everyone was. I don't think anyone was blowing eight out of ten. There was eights and nines all over the pitch. But Teller, yeah, you know, ten out of ten, he was absolutely unplayable. They must just, you know, even even when we took the players off, you got. Over Femi and Foster coming on the cent- press and defence must have just been thinking. Yeah, you know it's yeah. relentless. It is and then in a few weeks we'll bring Benson on as well. Exactly. Yeah, I was just about to say Benson's coming back. So, you know, when 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 he's back, that's a real selection nightmare. But as we know, he doesn't mind being on the bench and he can just come on for the last twenty five minutes and take the piss like he always does. So, yeah, buzzing. Yeah, um, absolutely fantastic. And obviously, there's always something I like to do, especially when we're doing so well, um, is have a look at the league table. Shall we have a look at it? I mean, another fantastic win for Burnley. Uh, unfortunately, nothing actually changed in terms of the league table, other than we are a point closer. Uh, sorry, a game closer to, to, to going up. Um, but thanks to Sheffield United's comfortable 3-0 three, three no win, they remain seven points behind us, as you can see there. And Middlesbrough won as well, so they remain 17 points behind us as well. But look at that, 68 points. If we win on Tuesday and make it 11 in a row, we will be north of 70 points in February. I don't think I've ever seen that. Now, someone, yeah. again, I'll have a stat, I'll say, well, I'm ready to do it in 1994. But it's, it's the fact we're just doing so well. And that league table looks brilliant, doesn't it? It's something somewhere else, is that? Absolutely, something else. I just think I, it went to midnight can't... at Dan's house and then and then and then became daytime again. <laughs> yeah, flipping lighting in this house it's shite. <laughs> but um, but no, it's you look you, you just look at it, look at look at all them green lights. There's not you know there's no error when it's all green. I know. So, yeah, I was saying to one of the lads at pub when I watched it Norwich match. I think we're down to Norwich. Um, that uh, it was like, oh, I'll take a draw here, and he went, no, I don't want any yellow or any red next round here. I just want it to stay green forever, and that's looking <laughs> like it's good, isn't it? But uh, Tom, how good does that league table look? It's just I could look at it all day, mate. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, realistically, what sixteen games to go? 
Middlesbrough have only got 15 games left and we're 17 points clear. It's just just a joke, isn't it, really? How many points yeah. do we need for safety? <laughs> I, th- I think we're safe this season Just and next season. Him. Yeah, I think we're, I think we're safe this season and next season on, on on points total there. But I just can't get over that sixty-eight points in its what the twelfth of February, eleventh of February, whatever it is, twelfth now, eleventh yesterday. Sixty-eight points at this stage of the season. It's absolutely sensational. Doc Holiday says cannot see anyone beating us for the rest of the season. Um, who was the last team that stopped us from scoring a goal, lads? Do you remember? Ipswich in the cup. Sorry, let me rephrase it. Who was the last lead team to stop us from scoring a, a, a goal? Um, Watford. Correct, it's Watford. Yeah. Who do we play on Tuesday? Watford. Watford. I don't think we'll have that problem this time, though. Um, but, lads, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Dan, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you if they haven't already? I'm sure the majority of people watching this watch you as well. Yeah, yeah, you can find me at Turf Morehouse TV um, on all socials and on YouTube. So, yeah, keep this Burnley uh, success train steaming ahead. Thanks for having me as well, Joe. I appreciate it. You're welcome, mate. Always good to have you on, especially when you're uh, a little bit rough. Uh, And Tom as well, uh, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? You're on Twitter, aren't you? I'm just on Twitter, mate, yeah. Just at Tom O'Claret. See me on there, probably. So if you're from Norfolk and you and you need a mortgage, Tom's your man. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you for coming on. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, true, true. I suppose you could, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a a nationwide mortgage man. Not, but doesn't work <laughs> for nationwide. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Um, but uh, yes, um, and Samantha, I've just seen a comment from Samantha in the chat. We get so many, I've missed them all. Uh, Samantha says you should do more live chats, Joe. Samantha, I try and do one after every game. To be honest, South, uh, Samantha, I called you Southampton, uh, Samantha. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> But um, yeah, sometimes I don't get a chance to do it because like today I'm working for example. As soon as I finish this, I'm going to go and make some butties and zoom off to work. Although I've said that my boss has rang me four times, so I might be, I might be psyched. I don't know. Um, I answered it yet. Um, but um, hopefully there'll be one after the Watford game. Um, and there'll be one at the weekend as well. So I do try and keep, I do try and keep them coming on. But if you have joined late and you do want to watch the full video, uh, you can, of course, when this video ends, just go back and watch it at your leisure um, and do what you want with it. And we will, of course, be putting the podcast up as well. I'll probably do that after work tonight, if I'm honest. Um, so it's, it'll be there for you in the morning when you're driving to work anyway, uh, which I know that most people do listen to podcasts. I know that's why I do anyway. Um, if you do want more of Joe Redmond, which I don't know why you would, I, um, I will be live on the sport. Sportsbet.io YouTube channel from around 1.30 doing today's games, which is Leeds against Man United and somebody else against somebody else. I'm not sure who the second game is yet. I'll sort all that out when I get to work. Um, but head over there if you want to see more of me. But thank you for coming on, Tom. Thank you for coming on, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for watching, listening and commenting. And I already have a pre-game show booked in with the lads from the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes Watford FC podcast. So that should be out tomorrow night. Thanks for watching and I'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.